This is Untanglement. Leaders can be overwhelmed with ideas, questions, and opportunities in the lonely world of startups and small businesses. I'm your host, Mark Burke, along with my fabulous co-hosts. We help budding CEOs achieve a state of untanglement, a place of clarity of thought. Each episode is recorded with a live audience who joins the conversation from the Mindset Poditorium here in Danville, Pennsylvania. Our collective wisdom is our superpower here in the Susquehanna Valley. So if you can join us in person, come out and help us all achieve untanglement. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Let's have a round of applause for everybody in the audience. Our live podcast, and welcome to Untanglement. So, Ayana, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, how are you, Mark? Uh, you know, not bad. And I'm excited to hear we're going to talk about creativity for leaders today. It could be business leaders, organizational leaders, entrepreneurs, folks who are leaders in their organization, maybe a department uh, that they run. And so I have a first question for you is, um, what about your day to day other than this, right? So mm-hmm. what's, what lies ahead for you today and how will creativity play a role in what the rest of your day looks like? Um, I would say that every day for me is creative, um, whether that's a matter of um, making sure I, I meet my uh, goals within a certain timeline. So that mm-hmm. could be uh, creatively finding a way to like, rush not rush but like <laughs> finish a meeting early um or you know get someplace a little bit earlier than i need to so that i can leave early mm. so i i think that it's always a matter of like taking a step back and looking at my list for the day like have i accomplished everything that i need to do for the day um after our podcast today i have a, a meeting with a commercial insurance uh, woman so oh, <laughs> that's that's gonna be fun um so i i pretty much find a way to find um i guess uh, excitement in not the mundane but in the the day-to-day so right even if i'm not sewing or sketching or something like that i always try and make sure that i'm excited to find creative ways to approach my day yeah it's a, it's that idea i think for the audience is, is creativity isn't just something that we do like for to paint or to sculpt or to make a something pretty like creativity is something that we can find in our our day right in scheduling um i i ask you before because you like spreadsheets you don't like them. <laughs> I have to use them. You have to use them. Yeah. yeah. You know, you could even you can be creative and create in spreadsheets. Right. Right. And I always say people say, oh, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. It's like, what do you do? It's like, well, I create spreadsheets, you know, and I look at numbers. And I'm like, so what's your what do your spreadsheets look like? And it's like, wow, they're really kind of unique because I put them together in my own way and they have special data. I'm like, oh, so you mean you create something really special? It's like, uh, Yeah. Right. And so, right. you know, pragmatism, right, is, is is what we're here to talk about today. So, OK. Um, so one of the things we wanted to, to kind of, you know, get a handle on is where everybody else in the audience may be in terms of their fears around creativity. Right. So 
we don't just want to like chat about the nice things, right? We're here to solve sure. problems, right? So I'm curious. Let's uh, ask the audience here to chime in. Uh, talk about a fear or a struggle. And we have the microphone out there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it on. Uh, are you willing to? Who's willing out there? Somebody's gonna grab the mic and oh, over here. Uh-oh. We have, we have somebody who wants to talk about a fear or struggle around creativity. Right, let's, let's hear, hear what it. we got. Yeah, Kristen. Personally, I struggle with imposter syndrome. Mm. Mm. How do we manage imposter syndrome, especially um, as women in business and women entrepreneurs? It is a big deal. As we know, there are some data to back up that, uh, you know, speaking up in groups, being uh, assertive and confident can backfire. And how do we not allow that imposter syndrome to get the best of us? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that that is um, something that we all struggle with. Um, I know I, I personally, I struggle with it all the time. And honestly, in every stage of my life and in my career, I've always thought like, wait, am I doing too much? Am I pretending? Am I, you know, am I really qualified to do this? And I think that um, it's, it may be something that you always are faced with. But I think that as you grow as a person and as you build your uh, portfolio of work and experiences and you continue to meet people, Um, slowly you can kind of start to peel back that um, concept and I think you can get through that immediate like shock of oh my gosh I'm doing it again and you can kind of like step through that faster so I don't know that there would be a time where you ever like don't feel it at all but I think that it becomes less relevant because you know after a certain amount of time when you're winning or losing, you're trying and you're continuously growing and developing as a person. So at some point you, you got to trust in that. So Mm. I I think over time you will kind of like just start to strip away, you know, it's power over you. Yeah. And I want to, I want to tie in something because I have some follow-up questions around that. Um, so as a creative, right, uh, it's easy to feel that imposter syndrome, right? It's kind of like, Oh, I don't know if I have like the degree, Right. I don't know if I'm credentialed enough to, to claim to be a creative or to, to say in my company that like, hey, we're going to have a creative session and we're going to you know, go about that. So if anybody has suffered from that, um, I'm curious to talk about a little bit about creative process. Because some folks feel like, oh, I'm a bit of an imposter. I'm not really creative. And and I, th- I think one of the really interesting things to talk about is, well, if, if you kind of feel like you're not really creative, is it because you're just waiting for, like, inspiration to be creative? Right? It's I, I don't know. Like, a show of hands. Like, how many people think creativity is about waiting for inspiration? It's okay if you feel that way. Right? Yeah, Denny, I know. I know because I've, I've, I've witnessed his lack of creativity. No, I'm... I'm <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, no. Yeah, I know we get serious here, right? No, he's Apparently. a good friend and he knows I'm picking on him. Um, and, and when you talk about creativity, can somebody who's more, uh, you know, like um, more concrete, somebody is somebody who likes to follow rules. Yeah, can they more pragmatic? Right. Or... Can they be more pragmatic about it? Uh, I think the answer to that is yes. I'm curious to know. And I see we have somebody else wants to comment about it. But for you, Ayana, yeah. um, does it come naturally for you, but still do you have to build process into your day to, so that creativity, that you're prolific, right? That you. Um, I, I think for me, I'm, I'm kind of maybe the opposite of, of, of people that are more like rigid and, and don't focus on like, um, I guess, maybe I don't want to say traditional forms of creativity, but like obvious forms of creativity like art, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's like I'm, I'm very creative and I'm, I'm always outside the box. I'm never really in the box. But I, I think that um, what, what I struggle with is like the opposite. How do I step into, um, you know, 
more st- more structured environments. Like yeah. for example, like one of the biggest challenges I'm facing with Ayana Active, our sustainable sportswear line, is building our team. Mm-hmm. And so, how do I impart the information that's in my head to someone else who does not know anything about what I've been dreaming of? And how do I make it relevant for them? How do I make it uh, exciting for them, interesting for them, but also like important steps that that they can read and understand what the instructions are so for me like um that's something where i struggle with how do i bring my creativity to this and make it make sense for someone else so um again i I think that um there are many ways to be creative and in, in, in an instance like what i'm referencing now it's more about like asking questions being okay with looking silly um seeking help attending these sort of networking meetings like one million cups and getting to meet other entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and talk about what your challenges are like that's for me how i become creative in areas that are not my strengths right right yeah so kendy did you grab that mic because i did yes (laughs) so i think that oftentimes we make the mistake of believing that creativity exists in a silo yeah and we think that um you know to be creative we have to be alone and really harness something inner when um i think that like some of the best creativity comes out of collaboration. I think of, you know, Denny's whiteboard exercises where, you know, you get a group of people together, you've got something going and you just want to flush out like where this could go. And everyone just starts, you know, throwing out ideas. And when we, when we take our creativity out of the silo of our own personal experience, Mm -hmm. you get to see how this can just like blossom into something that's much bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So one of the one of the things we want to do here in Untanglement is kind of look at the mechanisms to to do what you just said, right? It's like so if you're at a whiteboard and everybody's like, oh, let's let's toss out some ideas. In a perfect world, those ideas would just flow. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, but you've probably been in a in a session where maybe what you're saying is as a leader of a company or a leader of an organization, you get your team together, you're all standing at the board and you're like, let's let the ideas flow and the, they just crickets. Oh, I really need the cricket sound right here. <laughs> I have it somewhere. Sure. Yeah, you'll sure. find it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so any sound effect, I'll just go, Kendi. Um, is so now I totally lost my no, train no, no, of thought. I, I heard you. <laughs> yeah. We have the team at the board yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and there's no creative ideas coming. And yeah. I think in order to get those juices flowing, we start with a conversation. Mm. You know, we pick a topic and we start talking about it. And then from that topic, uh, we can start to pull out information that's relevant or that could lead us to relevant steps yeah. that we can we can use. Yeah, thank you for bringing me back to mm-hmm. earth here. So, uh, so how did that actually happen? And so, one of the things we do in our brains to untangle things is we take other people's perspectives, yep. or we look at other perspectives of things. Like if you're trying to create something for another group of people, like yes. you know, you empathize with them. Yes. Right. So I'm, I'm so I'm a bride. I walk in to mm-hmm. your shop. Yeah. Right. How does empathy and taking their perspective play into how you create what they're looking for right uh, it's really important and one of my favorite things ever when i'm dressing women like um who are, i want to know who she is like who mm. are you um what are you looking for what are some challenges that you've had what's your ideal gown look like you know and and really kind of let her talk and explain like who she is and what's so important to her what's her dream you know and then from there we can develop like okay well what colors what ideas that sort of thing and then i kind of come up with a sketch but it's most important um that i understand her and who she is because sometimes i have clients bring like a, a color of something or they'll explain something or send a link and Based on what they've told me and what they've sent me, I know what they need. 
and if I and if I give them what they ask for, they will not be they will not be happy. I, I have to give them an interpretation of what they've told me about who they are. Mm. And that's usually how I go about it. So in listening to actually understand what they need and then kind of regurgitating that to them like, OK, this is what I'm hearing. Is this what you what you're talking about? And then you kind of again, is that dialogue? Yeah. So for anybody out there, Len has a microphone. Um, and, and Len, you were going to say something. I'm going to ask you a question. Then you're going to be like, that's not what I was going to talk about. That's all right. Um, <laughs> so so uh, I, and I'm interested to know, like, there's a process, mm-hmm. right? And I think, you know, for everybody who says, oh, I feel like an imposter when it comes to like, creating something. Yeah. It's like, but can you just make a list of really good questions? Right. Right. To dive into something to, with somebody else to gain a different perspective? I think yeah. the answer to that is yes. I think, I, any, any, I, I think yes. And, and I think also, like think about how long you've been on this and maybe it's something you're trying for the first time but at some point you you have to think that you're qualified at some point it's like that degree's got to make sense i've been doing this you know unofficially for 10 years like it's like <laughs> come on you you, you got to now start to put some respect on your own name you yeah. know what i mean cuz and sometimes i do this by talking about myself in the third person mm. there's this woman she's been doing this for x amount of years if i was looking at me like what would i think i'd be like okay, well, you, you actually have some things going for yourself, you know? And so yeah. when I flip it around like that, it really helps. Yeah, I love that. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm a ex-music teacher. Wow. <laughs> Crickets. Wouldn't have guessed that right. at all. No, I know, right? It's, you know, like I taught general music and band and choir, and here I am doing this. And so, uh, you know, I so I've been in that imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. Like, how, how do I have the right to help a, a multinational organization create right. change? And, you know, also, like, you may be thinking that about yourself, but maybe there was a time when you saw someone else doing it and you were like, I would have done it this way and it would have been way better. Oh, yeah. So if yeah. you've ever done that, then what are you waiting for? Right. Right. Do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Go, go do it. All right. Yeah. So, Len, now that we've queued you up to something totally different than you were going to say, maybe not. Go ahead. Uh, no. I, Hold that uh, microphone real close there, Len. Years we, we ago, in a former life, I was a uh, production manager for a uh an advertising agency and i had five uh graphic designers and copywriters and Mm. photographers and i had to bring them together and do brainstorming sessions Mm -hmm. and one of the we had one rule we had several rules but one of the rules was we're going to spend x amount of time 10 minutes 15 minutes just throwing out ideas and putting them up on the whiteboard no criticism, no uh-huh. judgment, mm-hmm. and then we would go into the next phase. So, uh, yeah, um, I love that, I, and I'm gonna expand on that a little bit. This idea of creating, uh, kind of like, uh, how does your organization work? You, you talked about like leading teams. We've talked a little bit about that. About how do you take your ideas? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're the creative soul. Yes. Right. How do you help others become part of your organization? Yeah. Uh, I think the first thing is to understand as a leader that probably nobody else in your organization is going to be at your level. Right. And be OK with that. You created the company. It's your baby, so to speak. Right. It's your thing. It's going to be very hard, rare at, at my level in, in terms of like what the core of what the brand is like no one's in my head no one can know the the designs for next season because that's something that 
I know, but maybe they may surpass me in other areas. Correct. For example, like the marketing interns that I'm working with right now, I didn't go to school for marketing. Yeah, yeah I have a business degree. My ba- my master's is in business. My um, uh, undergrad is in fashion design, but I didn't I did not specialize in marketing. But my yeah. marketing interns, they will come in and they'll work for two hours on something that would have taken me two weeks. So I, I think having people around that are much smarter than me in certain areas. I think that's like the biggest thing I could do for myself. And and that's something that I've learned Mm -hmm. along the way, because starting out, it was very individualistic. It was me like getting through college, finishing school and just just being having the courage to say I have a dream and I want to realize that dream. And then after that and like learning about the business world and networking and then I say, okay, now I think I'm at a point where I can build a team. And that's scary. Every step is scary. So when I start to bring in people, of course, there's going to be things that don't work out. There's going to be people that that really are not interested. And that's okay. You know, that's all part of the learning process. But once you start to to strike, you know, strike gold, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, and meet people that are that care about what you care about and it doesn't have to be at the exact same level. Nobody's going to care for your dream as much as, as you care for it. And that's fine. You have enough passion for the whole team and that's fine. But you just need to make sure that the people that come on are passionate about their areas and about bringing, bringing out like into fruition what it is that your vision is. So it's important to tell them the story of who you are. And sometimes I, I struggle with that because, again, that imposter syndrome. And then also, am I just sitting here bragging to everyone? Well, if you don't tell them, how will they know? You know, and so I I think that's also really important. So from there, I tell them what I need them to do. And then I let them go and try not to stifle them and try not to hover, you know, try to let go, which is really hard when you're an entrepreneur and it's your baby. You don't want to let everyone hold your baby. So it's really tricky, but it's something that's so important. So, you know, I let them fly. They do what they do. They come back to me and we talk about it. Is it in the direction that we think we should be going in? Do we need to restructure something? But essentially, it's like if you're trying to build a team, then you you have to like control, but also let go of some of the control. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to share with you, if anybody is really interested, Todd Henry, the accidental creative, amazing uh, author, great podcaster, uh, spoken to Todd. But, you know, he's just a really great guy. He shares a couple of things, which I'm curious to know if this is helpful for all of us in terms of teams. Here's Here are the things that a creative, if you're going to hire a creative, what they need from you as a leader. Um, they need freedom from being overmanaged, which is exactly what you just said, right? Like give them space, let them do their thing. If, if, and I've fallen into this trap, like telling the website designer, it's like, no, I think it needs to be this, that, you know, it needs to be this size. It needs to be over here and over here. And you can just see the look and there's like, oh, that's not the way it doesn't work that way. You know, they're kind of mumbling in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sure. ultimately they come out and say, whatever you want. Like that's the death kiss, right? Yeah. Right there. It's like, whatever you want. And if somebody says that to you, you know, you like, you just ruined their life. <laughs> um, no clear path of advancement. We were talking about this is yeah. like, um, you know, you get a creative comes in mm-hmm. and they don't know how do I move up through the organization. Right. right? Um, and I'll toss these out there and we can talk about it. Yeah. The other one is um, <clears throat> uh, called it's like being in, out over your skis. Uh, it's like there's no clear system. Like you bring somebody in to create for your organization but you don't really have like uh, mechanisms, the tools, the systems. I, I would be the equivalent of bringing somebody into your organization and saying, I don't really have the machines or the the forms or, right? Yeah. I mean, so we can, I think we all get that. Like they, they need to have that infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And the last one I think is really is being seen. 
Mm. Like, you know, like, like we bringing a creative in, um, um, and I'm curious to know if other people have suffered from this too. Like I once worked for an organization who didn't know these things. And as a creative, it was like the worst job I ever had in my life. Because mm, okay. the, the guy that was my boss, like a bean counter, and he was, he just didn't see me as a creative, oh, wow. which okay. is kind of like why I'm here today. Right. It's yeah. like, I need to do my own thing. So anyway, I just tossed those out. Uh, any reactions or thoughts? Uh, I can't remember what one number two was, but number two was making sense to me. Uh, no clear path of advancement. Yes. Uh, yeah. No clear path of advancement. I think that one is um, is interesting, especially something that I was struggling with and I was talking to my mentor who always tells me he's not my mentor, Denny Hummer. Um, Denny <laughs> I Hummer? was talking to Denny. He's an he advisor, just texted not a me, mentor. by the way. It's the middle of the show. Um, and he, <laughs> he said, and, oh, wait a minute. Go ahead. Go Denny ahead. texted me. So like, this is real live podcast. And he's like, I'm literally watching magic happen. Oh, <laughs> thank sweet. you, Denny. I was, Thanks, was I supposed Denny. to read that right now? <laughs> Not on the air. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, we were talking about um, me saying, like, I'm looking to hire a team. And this was a couple of weeks back before I hired the interns. Mm. I'm looking to hire a team, but my struggle is I don't know what they're going to be doing in the next two months, three months. I have no idea what their future is going to look like. And, you know, me as someone who's a creative person, and I've worked for startups before, I've worked for small businesses before, I've worked for large companies. So I understand uh, when you're in a place, and, and again, there's there's no, like, ideas or conversations about future. And so I just want to make sure that at least w it's a conversation that we're having. And even if that conversation is, hey, we're a startup, and we don't even know what's going to be happening in the next six months, but this is the most important thing that we're doing right now. And what we'll do is check in with each other in the next three months and talk about where we are then. Because I'm working with students, so again, right now they're still building up their careers, and they're looking for experiences, and they're looking for things they can put on their resume in terms of helping a company like grow with like their marketing or social media uh, numbers or something like that. So again, if if the person that you're working with is is open to sticking around and kind of learning and growing and understanding that this is where we are, this is where we want to be, and we're, we're trying to get here. Uh, we can give you some experiences, we can give you a little bit of money, and, and that's what we can offer. So I think, yeah. again, the communication is the most important when you're a startup and you don't know exactly what the road looks like, but you can also map that out. Again, with the marketing interns, they've been doing much more mapping when it comes to what our social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn could look like and mm -hmm. what it should look like. And then from there, we create our timelines. Now I know what they're going to be doing in the next mm -hmm. couple of months. Yeah, that's so. creative work. Yeah, right. Okay, we're going to take a pause. And I see, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think what you're really referring to is being able to work in your flame, which oh. allows you to focus on what you're passionate about, what your strengths are, and then you can find others to come alongside of you, maybe to cover those other areas where maybe you're weak or you just don't really want to spend your time and energy. Yes. Oh, let's, definitely. Okay, let's untangle that. So say the phrase again. Working in your flame. Oh, okay. All right. So where'd you get that from? BNI. Oh, BNI, working <laughs> in your flame. Yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah. So... So, so I can imagine. So, let's put this into a tangled state and then an untangled state. Okay. So, working in my flame, I—that's the untangled state, correct? What's what's the tangled state look like? It's working in the like an uncontrolled fire. I mean, working I, in other people's flames. Working other, yeah, that's a good point, right? Yeah. 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 Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I I think it's like you know I use myself as an example. 
where my flame is is the creative side of design mm. um, in terms of apparel, um, clothing construction, um, you know, pattern making, that sort of very technical related mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and then working not in my flame and someone else's flame is me trying to continuously grow my, my social media or uh, update our websites or build mm. a website like that's like me working outside of my flame. Right. So when oh, I wow. have people that are able to work in their flame and they're actually excited to build my website, then it's like now we're both working in our own flame and we combine that and we've, we've got a huge bonfire. Right. Right. Wow. I like it. Okay. So uh, keep that mic tossed around unless you want to say something else. But uh, so let's talk about building the capacity to, to create on demand. This is one of the topics that is really interesting. Um, uh, I love this story. I wish I could remember the author. But essentially, the, uh, one time I heard this story where the author um, was asked a question. He was a prolific author. He's, you know, he writes a lot. And somebody said, um, you know, talk, ask him about creativity. It's like, oh, you know, when does that happen? And he jokingly said, he said, oh, he said, I don't know, but I'm really glad it happens every day at nine o'clock. <laughs> and I love that story because, you know, I can picture this author going, what, what are you asking me? Like, do I wait for some kind of intervention? He's like, no, I, I, my, I start my day at nine o'clock and at nine o'clock I have to create. Right. Right. And it's like, if you're, if you want me to wait until I'm creative, I'm never walking through that door. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. If you, yeah. If, if I'm waiting for some inspiration or somebody else to come in and say, oh, right, there's yeah. a light to shine. Yeah. Right. Um, so when did you discover that of, in your life? I mean, did you just discover that, you know, either there for you, uh, you are a very creative person. And I think that um, for you, creativity comes very naturally. Um, is that fair? Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, I think creativity within the realms where I thrive, which is like. Um, again, like clothing creation, garment creation, making women mm -hmm. feel beautiful in, in outfits, uh, building up confidence, that kind of stuff. Like I'm, I'm really comfortable in those areas. Yeah. But um, as I mentioned earlier, the areas where I struggle is like at first, like creating my business plan. I mean, that was all kinds of hell. <laughs> and, you know, I, it was it was very stressful. And, yeah. you know, after the business plan was was done, then it was like, OK, well, what does a, a product pitch look like? And, and then that was the next stage of yeah. hell. And, and so yeah. then when I got through that, it, it was like, OK, well, well, now how are we going to pitch this? Then, then, you know, I got help and I pitched and, you know, it's like every stage that you kind of feel like, oh gosh, here we go again. And, you know, mm -hmm. and then you have to kind of come through that. So to answer your question with the creative, with the creative side, that side is, it feels very natural for me. Um, sewing is both a, a livelihood and a hobby. Mm. So I'll take a break from a custom order and go sew something for myself or, oh, or try out something different. So it's, it's, it's a hobby too. Um, but at the same time, where areas where I'm stumped creatively, for example, with building this team and, and um, you know, I'll, I'll be going away for a while. I have mm -hmm. a procedure coming up. So, you know, I'll be going away for a while. And so it's like leaving some projects for people to work on while I'm not in the studio. That was the, the, the next hardest thing. So um, I could either stay home and sleep in or I could get up early, yep. come to work and demand that creativity show up with me. And, <laughs> you know, and it, and it did. So, yep. you know, it's just coming. And every day, if I get one great idea, like, okay, I can call this person. Oh, wait, I can reach out to this person who I worked with uh, through, like, for example, I reached out to one of the students from, um, the Buck Bucknell university's mm -hmm. uh, engineering program. When I was, when mm -hmm. I was, um, doing my product pitch there, I was able to work with some 
some of Bucknell University students. And so I reached out to her and was like, hey, are you are you in the area? Are you still interested in mm-hmm. like doing marketing? Would you want to work with us? She said yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then it was like coming to work demanding that creativity come with me and then sitting down and being like okay and sometimes that happens for me with like just quiet like I don't need music I don't I just need to sit with myself and think about what I'm trying to do I know the resources are here and I just have to look at look back at what I have and like go through and I will find something so that's kind of for me like telling myself like the end there is no no here like we will find a solution And so, you know, I love it. I, I, I just see this analogy of um, I was working on a project one time where uh, it was a group of educators and they were saying, well, you know, it was an evening class. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like drained at the end of the day. I yeah. mean, you put in long days. I know you're here, you know, in the evening. <laughs> I'm always here. You're always here. Right. And they were like, oh, it's the end of the day. They just got done teaching. And then they were like, how do we find inspiration? How do we find that creativity? And I wish I would have had this conversation because I said to them, I said, well, you know, when you get in the cars, like, like maybe you flip on NPR or maybe, you know, maybe it's that moment, right? Yeah. 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 It it all works. And and sometimes that's the music that pumps you up to start the day. You need that while you're on the drive to work. Yeah. Then when you get to work, you switch gears, you turn off the music, you get out a pen and paper, you sit down and you contemplate. Yeah. Does anybody else have a ritual out there that kind of like the analogy of like uh, picking up creativity on your way to work? I imagine like the door flying. Flying open and creativity getting in the back seat, slamming and nights like, all right, we're going now. We're going to yeah, the office, that's right? Beyonce, Rihanna, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're coming with me. Yeah. So microphone. Yeah. Do you yeah do you have something that inspires you, Nate? I do. Let's hear. So it. I just wanted to co- go back a little bit to what you were saying about you know starting up that team and getting people to come together. I am actually, as you can see, my guys here. Um, I, I'm I'm in that same step right now. Yeah. Um, I've been running this business for two years on my own. So we do content creation, marketing, you know, videography, photography. Um, it was the hardest thing for me to do yeah. because I am. I'm a very independent creative. I literally have the word creative tattooed on my arm. Awesome. <laughs> so this whole thing is really nice to be able to sit in here and be like, wow, I'm surrounded by my people. Nice. Um, but yeah, this was it, was it was one of the hardest things for me to do. But what's, not, um, you know, my my favorite quote, and I've said it to Mark, I've said it to Christian here, <laughs> is nobody loves your business the way you will. For sure. And that's the hardest thing to get over. For sure. But what we've figured out, me, Nick, and Eli here together is when we're in a room, we bring no ego. We leave your ego if you right. have it at the door, and it's all creative freedom when it comes to what we're doing. Yeah. So I'm at now like sitting here is killing me because I'm like letting these guys do their own thing and yeah. just create what their what their mind wants to create. But yeah, I could definitely relate, and uh, I'm I'm glad I sat in on this one. Yeah, thanks for the feedback. I, I I totally agree. I think like having that humility to sit down and say, you know, I don't know everything, and even if I knew all the things, there's only 24 hours in a day, and and I'm I'm only going to be awake for a certain mm. amount of them. So if I want to double or triple my reach, you know, or quadruple right. or whatever, then I have to bring in more people. Yeah, yeah, and being prolific about. The thing, like, you know, being a creative means you're prolific, right? It doesn't mean you're going to create one thing and then you're just going to, I'm done now, right? I mean, you made one, you know, garment and then you're done, right? I mean, you know, um, we're not the Rubik's Cube business, right? I mean, like, I think it's kind of the analogy, right? Like you invent the Rubik's Cube and then you sit back and make your billions. I mean, those happen. But the reality is to be, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're building your Rubik's Cube. Um, 
Uh, but you know, uh, uh, the idea is to be prolific, yeah, and to right? Keep moving and to keep, yeah. And, and I don't know the inventor of the Rubik's cube. I probably should know that in terms of creative. But I have a feeling too that even though the Rubik's cube was, was very successful, maybe the inventor. Anybody knows this? Please qualify that. Did they invent more than the Rubik's cube? Maybe I they invented think. like eight things before the Rubik's cube, and then twenty that things was after. That's the thing we all know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, lesson one in podcast: don't bring up something you don't know about. Pretty much. Like I just did. Um, all right. So, oh, you're. Oh, we got somebody's Googling. Yeah. And we have, oh, great. Okay. Hello. Yeah, one of the things that I try to do, and it, it goes to the point of what you said about having so many things, is I proctor my creativity because I am one of these people that things come to me when I'm driving and mm. or when I'm thinking and stuff. And I used to lose those things. Mm. And then I'll get someone, I'll say, oh, my gosh, I had that thought. I can't remember. So I record things a lot. Mm. I record and I write and I find out that when I have to write, because I write for uh, a syndicated com column right now, I'll go back and I'll have so much treasure oh, wow. of stuff. Oh, if we're working on one of our startups, I would, I don't do that now, so don't think I'm doing two jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a point two with the federal government, so I'm just telling. <laughs> so he doesn't think I'm doing it all. Government basis. So, but, uh, so when, when we used to work in our startup, what I would do is I would get, you know, you get all these ideas, sparks of ideas, Definitely. and then you'll come out and you'll forget, but I'll record them, I'll write them down. And then when we go into a session, I'll have so many streams of consciousness that are already loaded oh, that I get great. to use. So that's how I proctor some of my own creativity because I find I used to forget stuff. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank are, you. Or do you have a? Are you a journaler or a draft book or um, idea book person? I'm, I'm a little of both. Um, I used to. I don't do it as much as I used to. But travel around with a small sketchbook that fits mm. into my purse, so it's not too big. And if an idea <coughs> comes or I see something really cool, I sketch it. I mm. sketch it. Now I take photos and I make notes in my phone. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Taking those photo inspirational ideas. All right. Mm -hmm. That microphone got passed with some vigor there. So nice. I have a feeling we have a comment here from just hold, oh. hold that microphone right up to your face there. So we're good. Yeah, okay. there we go. Okay. <laughs> um, my sister and I, which is really strange and bizarre, Okay. She's she's strange and bizarre. No, we both strange and bizarre. Oh, together. Both? Okay. okay. <laughs> I own it. <laughs> um, we always come up with solutions to whatever thing that we need to have solved, mm -hmm. um, especially creative solutions. And I don't know if anybody else does this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't care. Just say it. I'm in the bathroom oh. in the morning, and I'll be like, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> She's what? Like, Come in, everybody else does. <laughs> so much for that uh, clean rating it's on true. the true. <laughs> I mean, my kids, they're, 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 like, they're ridiculous. Okay, so I found my inspiration, inspiration really is in the bathroom because that's normally where I can be alone. The privacy. Yeah. And privacy, now yeah. I have Karen doing it, so it's even better. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I don't mind. So we tag team with creativity, but. But as far as like kind of going back a little bit, because mm -hmm. I just kind of was sitting and staring and looking. But um, this is a wonderful forum, I might add. I, you know, mm -hmm. like, y'all ain't never getting rid of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can be in California talking about I'll be there. <laughs> but, but this is wonderful. But with creativity and going, actually pulling in what you said earlier about the imposter thing. When, yeah. when I first started doing music, I'm, I'm an introvert by nature, yep, yep. very quiet, and I was the person in the classroom when they said, Karen, get up there and sing, because I am a singer-songwriter. Karen, get up there and sing. I stood there. I was supposed to sing America the Beautiful, but I didn't know how to say, you're in the wrong key, mm. <laughs> because I was five years old. 
But you know, but I stood there and I just, yeah. but, but so what I did to get over that and get over myself throughout the years and having to get up in front of people and sing and talk and I do all the other stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, and she's like, just well, sing. But the bottom line is, when you're thinking that those imposter, those thoughts, those thoughts, it's like it's like that's all part of your habitual thinking stuff mm -hmm. that's gone from you know back in the day, and then now it's up to now. And so when you're trying to get your voice out and the new voice that you know, because in your head you're already living where you want to go, right. but it's hard for us. So I created a character. So there was Karen yep. that was yep. just the person that would sit in yep. the back of the class and never mm -hmm. say anything, and then there was a Karen that when they said Karen, get up and sing, I'm like, girl, you've been yes. singing. I was pinching myself. Sad. So, oh, yeah. so I Love did it, it and, mm -hmm. and the more I did it, the more comfortable I became doing it. Yep. And then one day, magically, the character, that imposter, faded away. Yeah. Now, every time, Rick can tell you, every time I show up to sing, I'm me off stage and on stage because I don't care anymore. Plus, I'm getting to the age mm -hmm. where I'm self-actualized, so that will come with time, too. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, if you're thinking imposter, 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 that's going to keep showing up. If you think balling, balling, nice. balling, then that's going to show up. And it, as far as what you run in your team, if you put the energy in the room that is confident, mm -hmm. then your team will follow you. Yeah. yeah. And they'll follow you to the ends of the earth. They really will. Even if, you have to nice. fake the Even if you're faking the confidence. Oh, I've done that's, that. That goes back times. to that imposter. <laughs> yeah. Even Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so funny, Thank you. Thank you. So while we're uh, tossing the mic. <laughs> Absolutely but. no rebuttal whatsoever. <laughs> I agree with both of you. I want to add on to what you both have mentioned. Nice. Uh, yes, fake it till you make it, exposure therapy, and psychology 101. Um, I had to do the same thing. Um, I led large groups of employees in major organizations, but I had to fake it till I made it, right? I'm mm -hmm. naturally analytical and quiet and will sit back. Um, Adding to the bathroom comment. <laughs> We're talking about, I'm gonna bring it back to creativity here. Yep. Um, other than hiking, one of the things I found that really helped me and helped me learn a language was I bought bath crayons for kids and I kept them in my shower. So every time an idea came to me or yeah. I wanted to remember a word, I would use those bath crayons and they would always be in my shower. So That's when cool. I would go in there, there are your notes, there are your ideas. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah. actually pretty cool. Anna yeah. has a comment back there. We'll toss it back. So while we're tossing it back, uh, great. I'm going to invite, oh, so much. By the way, Almost. it mutes when you toss it, so I don't hear all that. Just, just <laughs> wanted you to know that. Um, so uh, before everybody leaves today, you'll see a board right here. And the board asks for that fear or struggle around uh, uh, leadership. I'm sorry, around creativity if you're a leader. Take a moment, even after the fact, and just say, you know, this is what I kind of struggle with, right? Because what I want to be able to do is for us to untangle uh, things over time. Mm -hmm. And that really helps us un understand where everybody's coming uh, to from today. Uh, so please do uh, add that uh, to the board when you leave. Uh, all right, Anna. So uh, another creative, obviously, uh, in the group. And she's, she's... Well, I think everybody struggles about a little bit of the imposter thing. But I read a book, it's called Still Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. Still Like an Artist, yeah. Oh my God, you have to read it. It is so true. I mean, this is very focused for artists, for um, like painting artists. Okay. But what I got about that book is like, you have to surround yourself about all that ideas that inspires you. And then take what it really moves you. And then you're gonna start taking away mm -hmm. who you are. It's like, okay, I like this brush stroke. Oh, I like this color. 
but then you make it your own. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a way to do it, like to get out of Definitely. that blockage that you have. Is yeah. like, go and inspire yourself with whatever moves you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to take mm-hmm. a lead off of that. Love that. Let's talk about space. Okay. Right? Because obviously I have a thing with creating space. And so I want to hear, hear your, your, your perspective on this because uh, I've been in your space. Mm-hmm. So this idea of surrounding yourself with the things that inspire you mm-hmm. and, and leaders. <clears throat> I've been in, in companies where you walk in and are like, oh, I just don't know why nobody's inspired. I don't know why anybody doesn't come up with ideas. And it's like, it's like it literally looks like a hospital. Right. And I shouldn't wow. say that so much because like hospitals, they get it. Like they, the hospitals know that they, they have need a to be specific function. Yeah. They have a specific <laughs> function, you know? And so likewise, should your space have a, a specific function to inspire you and your staff? Of course. Right. What, yeah. what do you do uh, to make that happen? Um, well, I think that um, for our space right now, we have a lot going on in, in our space. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of chaos. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that the space should inspire the person who's working there. And that's something that I did think about, especially for our seamstresses that are going to be working in that work in the space. So um, thinking about like the relation to the se- the sewing machines to the door because yeah. our yep. space isn't that big. And then also um, we've like put on the wall like a bunch of like uh, empowering phrases like you can do it. I'm strong. I'd rather be sewing like just different kinds of things that you look up and you can see like something positive uh, in mm-hmm. front of you. So so there's that um, also like having good lighting. Lighting is really yep. important for seamstresses and sewers and uh, in creativity. Um, so thinking about like the design of the space, the placement of things, um, and then also the flow of the space, like when someone walks in the door, like how that goes. So it's, it's two parts actually, because the space, our space is used for multiple things. So the one part is the people that actually work there, the seamstresses. Uh, the the other part is, is a client. Like, so we have a small dedicated space for fittings for a client Mm -hmm. comes in, they can feel comfortable to be able to take their shoes off, put their dress on, look in a mirror, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that as we grow, the space will eventually grow and the space will eventually change and evolve based on the stage of the brand that we're in um our space is not always filled with people so it it doesn't necessarily need to accommodate a ton of people um our marketing interns work remotely right now and just come in if they need to see anything or get content or something like that um so essentially we just kind of work with what's what's needed and then kind of grow from there. Yeah. And I, and there's a phrase, I, I mean, think about designing space. One of the mm-hmm. things I think about is um, design the waiting room experience, right? And it's kind of like, you know, if, you, if you take your clients, the people you serve and you put them into your space, like, cause mm-hmm. that's, I know you have that, that area where you bring folks in for fitting. Fittings, yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's like, it's designed for them because you, you want to be inspired by seeing that space, even if it's empty. Yeah. Right. Cause you want to look at it and it, even when it's empty and say, oh my gosh, this is where our clients are going to come in and this is where yeah. they're going to have their lives changed. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. And so think about that in all of your businesses as leaders, design your waiting room. Like, right. even if it's empty, does it inspire you to continue to do your work? Right. Right. Yeah. And so. Because um, I need to be, we, you need to be excited to, to go there to work too. Yeah. Not, not just employees. You're an employee. I mean, you're kind of an employee too. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I only have to work 80 hours a week. Too. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to wrap up here with kind of uh, single, some other thoughts from the audience. And Len mm-hmm. is going to chime in again here. I just want to say something about imposter syndrome because I took a writing course a couple years ago 
And one of the themes, uh, one of the sections was about imposter syndrome. And um, what I learned from that segment was imposter syndrome is when you feel like you have to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. So be yourself. And that was a takeaway that really helped me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have we literally we, we have a, oh up. we got a hand we up. got a hand up. We'll, oh, I'll take two. another. Yeah, okay, two. Go, yeah. go ahead, Mike. All right. All right. Sorry. I also wanted to comment something about the imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. which is as someone who's like very young, I'm trying to get into some of my artistic like side of music, pianist. Mm -hmm. And I realized that when it comes to imposter syndrome for me, one of the ways I had to overcome it was realizing that there's a difference between appealing to others and feeling like I need to be someone else versus looking inwards and seeing if I please myself in terms of what I'm producing. So I feel like to those who may be experiencing that, one of the things that at least helped me was being able to like the art or what I produce on my own before I even start thinking about showing it to others. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important because it's like the stories that we tell ourselves, like those are the most important ones. Yeah, yeah. well, and Ayana, I think when you think about your Ayana active, yeah. right, and I, and I think about um, it, it's like if, if every entrepreneur creates something that somebody else has created or they believe somebody else wants them to create – then we never create our own tribe, right? It's like, like we're, you're not creating something unique that then an unidentified tribe that, that, that is like, oh, that didn't even know they wanted that or needed that, can, they can't come to you to be served, right? right? And so if you just think, oh, I shouldn't do that kind of music because yeah, just, that's just really me and that's really different, there's a whole tribe out there waiting for you to, to bring about that music. And they're just like, oh, wow, that's cool. That's new. That's, that's, I've been looking for that. I couldn't find it. And I think that's also how, like, that's how you share your gift with the world. You can't share somebody else's gift. You share your passions, your gift, and then people become inspired by your journey and your resiliency. I think that's really important. And for the imposter syndromes, for me, uh, it started one way, but now it kind of evolves into um, when you have to be multiple things within a business. Say, for example, um, I've always told myself the story that I'm a designer, I'm a creative, like that's who I am. And now it's like, well, okay, well, this designer creative, now you need to write a business plan and you need to speak to investors or you need to build a team. Now you're... Uh, the head of a team, you're someone's boss. You're now in a, excuse me, you're now in a different role. So now it's like, well, I'm only a designer, so I can't possibly be someone who runs a team. That's crazy. So I, I think for, for, for me, it's like switching those gears and, and being flexible and being more of a dynamic person. Like, again, if I'm being true to myself, that it is, it, it is, um, extremely necessary that I'm able to shift and, and be more dynamic in, to to um, you know be successful like I have to this is all a part of the vision if mm -hmm. I want to get here I have to do this this that this 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 to get there I can't just say oh I'm just this great designer and I'm just going to sit at home quietly and design no one will ever know anything I'll never build a team I'll never do anything so my struggle has been like am I lying to myself by going out and speaking and saying like oh I'm this businesswoman and I'm you know wearing these professional clothes and it that kind of mm. I, I think it, it wasn't about now I understand it wasn't about lying or being something different. It was about me just stepping into a new role in order to manifest this vision. And, and that, um, that understanding came over time. 
Yeah. So I think that looking at who you are and, and, and what you need to be for yourself, I think that that's just so profound. Fantastic. Yeah. So we're going to end there. Uh, thank you so much to everybody. How about a round of applause for our audience? You very great. Ayana. Wow. Thank you, Mark. This thank was you awesome. so much. So we'll, we'll wrap up there. And our next podcast obviously is going to need to be on imposter syndrome. I think, yeah. I think that's a good topic. It's a good one. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much, guys. Untanglement is produced by Mindset. We help our clients design, develop, and deliver high-impact learning experiences. You can learn more about our full range of event, learning, and production services by visiting Mindset at mynddset.com. Until next time, I hope you can achieve a little untanglement in your life. Cheers. Cheers.